Blog Talk Radio. Eastern Daylight Time, and if it's 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, it is time for Off the Chain. I am your host, Yvonne Mason, and I want to welcome every one of you to our show tonight. That song, Stand By Me, not only dates me, but it also holds a very deep meaning for me, and we'll get into that as as we go on with our show. Once again, I know y'all get sick of hearing it, but I got to thank all of y'all. You know, I, I tell you at every show, this is not my show, it's not about me. It's about each and every one of you. You, the listener, the guest. It's about all of y'all. And because of all of y'all, this show is just, it's taken on its own life form. And I am so grateful for each and every one of you. And Australia, thank you. You're still my number one fan. Y'all, y'all are, just keep on keeping on. Australia is, our, is at 95% of our listening base. They out-listen the good old USA. Who would have thunk it? So with that being said, I want to tell you there's two ways to get on this show. Because it is my goal to give you an opportunity to be heard, whether you're a music artist, whether you're an author, a politician, you have a passion, you have a cause, or you just want to chat for an hour. I mean, we've done that before, too, many times. So... Or if you're just too shy to come on the show, but you still want your product to be heard about and you want to be heard about, you can become a sponsor for the show. And we are taking off in a, a direction that I never thought I would do, but we're branching out. We're starting up a little PR firm. And if you go on my Facebook page, you'll see the note where I talk about what I will do in, in the pricing. Or you can just contact me at offthechainradio at yahoo.com or, or FaceTime or uh, PM me on Facebook. But 
we're, we're going in a good direction with Off the Chain. But if you want to come on the show or if you want to become a sponsor for the show, contact me at offthechainradio at yahoo.com and I will tell you how to do it. To start the show off, I have three sponsors that I need to take care of. The first one, um, The Infant Conspiracy by J. Traveler Pelton, I can't talk tonight, is available on Amazon as both paperback or an ebook. It starts a few years after rebooting The Oberlin's Left Off. Noel and Violent Oberlin spent their adult careers working special, special assignments for the U.S. government, a family tradition of service. After 40 years of espionage, all they wanted was a peaceful retirement in the country. And just as it seemed that dream might happen, an unplanned series of events forced their overachieving adult children to return home to live with the folks. All four of them driven out of their homes by different aspects of a government that had gone quite insane. Kai, a genetist with Zana, his wife, Gabriel, a bomb expert turned nurse with their grandson, Little Cave, Jasmine, a forensic psychiatrist married to Scott, a CPA, joined their little sibling still living at home. Micah, an autistic savant and Serena, an artist, in uncovering a secretive group of people led by the ice lady whose main goal appears to be to take the Earth's population down from 7 billion to 500 million within the next 10 years. Having infiltrated the governments of most developed countries and released an airborne anti-fertility virus, Brotherhood succeeded in forcing a zero fertility rate. In the meantime, the economy of the U.S. tanked. The government sells all citizens who have debt into slavery within a system so harsh that civil disorder breaks out. Serenity Retreat Center is forced to become a slave labor camp, and the family is compelled into service to save the center, their tribe, the United States, and humanity from extinction. And if you thought retirement was simply about money, hmm, this book might change your mind. That's The Infant Conspiracy by J. Traveler Pelton. Also, John, Jack, John Isaac Jones. He is from Alabama, and he has written the neatest short story book called Alabama Stories. And the thing about this, it's, it's written about rural Alabama. And if you've ever been to rural Alabama, you know what I'm talking about. Right from the perspective of the educational, and it's just a plain fun read. Alabama Stories by John Isaac Jones. Diane Moat has been on this show several times, and she is one of my biggest, biggest cheerleaders. She has a series of books, and it's called the Sam Holden Series. Well, the third in the series is out, and Sam Holden, our favorite vigilante, is back. In Dog Bones, Sam's quest to avenge abused animals is threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other. Sort of like a bureaucratic sandwich there. Will her double life be exposed and will Sam be able to protect the animals, her friends, and herself? Check out Dog Bones by Diane Moat everywhere ebooks are sold. If you haven't started the series yet, start with Dog Gone, then go to Dog Fight. Again, that's by Diane Moat and it's on Kindle. Now, Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, this show is dedicated to a young woman who left us way too soon. When I set up the shows for this month, I, I posted all the names, and I got this note from from a friend of hers, and she said, did you know that she was dead? And I went, no, I didn't. Christina Atkinson, an author, a all-around warm human being who, from all accounts, had a sense of humor that was absolutely hysterical, who believed not only in herself and others and had bits of wisdom throughout all of her pages, left us last October. Did not know that. So when I found this out, I asked her friend, if she would come on the show in her memory and we would dedicate this show to her. So if her books are still out there, they will be on Amazon and it's Christina Atkinson. And what she says is you only, the only, your only limit is you. I cannot talk again. Your only limit is you. And with that, I want to welcome to the show, Sasha Lauren. She's an author and a patient care advocate She's a writer of flash fiction, screenplays, poetry, and articles on health, and she currently lives in California where she works passionately 
as a patient safety activist. As a founder of Epiphany Script, she was as a, she was a script doctor in Hollywood, where she did page one rewrites for individuals and studios. Several of her stories, written in her signature whimsical prose, won contests and poems. Articles and stories have been published, and she's looking for an agent for the Paris predicament. Her first full-length literary fiction about Camille, a men, 27-year-old American expat who chalked portraitures on the sidewalk in front of the Louvre and led an enchanting life until she committed an unintentional crime and headed out for a life on the run. Sasha, thank you so much for coming on tonight and in Christina's honor. I appreciate it. Well, Yvonne, thank you so much for having me, and I'm really touched by both your intro to me and your uh, tribute to uh, beautiful Christina. And um, I'd like to say that Christina's books, I believe, are still available on Shaneo, Um and her name is spelled Christina with with an H, K K H R I S T I N A Atkinson, uh, A. T-K-I-N-S-O-N. She was uh, just the best friend anyone could ever want and um, my biggest cheerleader. And I know how important that is to have, uh, you know, cheerleaders like that. It's It means everything. Um, she read every poem and every flash fiction, every chapter of my book, and just, um, you know, I could do no wrong in her eyes, which is, you know. <laughs> Just a re- but we had a we had a, a lovely um, we had a really lovely friendship and it was a shock to everyone when she died and so again thank you for you know for honoring her um, and I, I just wanted to give a shout out to everyone and and to all the Australians listening I had the privilege of going to Australia several years ago um, did not meet a bad seed in the bunch I <laughs> love you guys I love Australia I I mean to the point where I would love to live there. It's just a beautiful, you know, beautiful place, and my experience was great there. Well, if you love Australia, and I'm fixing to do a piece of shameless promotion for a group of guys that are from Australia, they're called the Teskey Brothers, and they put some of our blues singers to shame. They should oh, be. Oh wow. Yeah, they should be in the Delta or on Bourbon Street. They are absolutely amazing. So when you get a chance, look them up. It's T-E-S-K-E-Y, and it's the Teskey Brothers. They they will rock your world, I'm telling you. Well, I I will, because that's the music I love. Well, see, it was meant to be. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Now, before before we start talking about one of your... you and how you got to this point I mean you're at both ends of the spectrum you're a a writer and a script writer and flash fiction and prose and poetry and then on the other hand you're like a bulldog you see your teeth into the medical field and don't don't turn loose so how in the world did you get to this point, was it something that was on your radar as a child, or was it something that the older you got and the things that you saw, you went in both directions at once? Um, wow, wow, that's a lot. Let's see. So I'm going to have to piece that down. Should I, I? Why don't I start with the writing? Okay. Um, okay. Uh, okay. So as a writer, um, my my birthday is April 23rd. Um, Shakespeare's birthday is April 23rd. When I was little, I, I read a book. Huh? I said I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. he Actually, he was born and, um, according to most um, reports, died on that day. And so I, I had a book, a child's um, version of Shakespeare, and I, I used to read it and act out the plays when I was really quite young. And when I read that, he was born and died on April 23rd, it sort of gave me, sort of hard to explain. I just felt very connected to him. I felt connected to the way that he wrote about uh, people. And I I would say I became um, a Shakespearean very early on. Um, 
ended up, you know, I hadn't read the actual plays yet, but I, I did end up reading them, and I studied, um, I studied Shakespeare in London, and I performed in many plays. And so before I got it, well, as far as writing, I used to write poetry as a, as a child, but I was a closet poet. I, um, I wasn't ashamed of it. I wasn't hiding it. I just, you know, really didn't really think anyone was that interested in my poetry, but I would take a subject and I would say, okay, today I'm going to write about flowers, you know, tomorrow I'm going to write about whatever, and I kept a book, and I loved it. Um, Then as as I got older, I began to win some writing awards and things like that, and I had to shelf that a little bit um, because I, my career, my main career was as a a licensed massage therapist, and and there you go with my health connection. Um, Uh Uh-huh. And bo- both of my, um, my my father was a pediatrician, my mother was a nurse, and there was a lot of, you know, medical uh, stuff in my household, medical information and that kind of thing. But I went into the holistic health aspect. Um, and for me, that's actually a really grounded thing. It's not like, you know, woo-woo, do this or do that. It's, it's um, I went into movement therapy and deep tissue massage, and, um, and I was a meditator. So what I saw in my practice, Yvonne, is I saw a lot of people being um, recommended for dangerous surgeries, dangerous procedures that were unnecessary. I saw them getting a lot of um, medications that weren't addressing the problem and that were actually causing problems. Now, this is not to say that some things aren't helpful, um, that some medications aren't needed. You know, there's I, I just I feel like we need to find the the balance between that, and you know unfortunately what what I've seen happen is that um, medicine these days has become really there, there's a lot of offense defense there's a lot of de- do you know what I'm saying there's a lot of defense yes. Yes. from people from practitioners not wanting to be uh, sued but there's a lot of there was an article in the in the um, Washington Post and um, NPR and everything that last year that quoted that um, medical they call it errors, which I think that's a very soft word for what's going on, but are the um, is the third lead cause of death in the United States, and that was a study done by um, a professor at John John Hopkins University School of Medicine and it was published in the BMJ. Now, the problem with that study, I'm glad he did it. I, I, I applaud him, and I, I would like to support his work in patient safety. However, um, it really underestimates the problem. It doesn't talk about any of the harm done in privately owned ambulatory centers. It doesn't talk about all the cover-ups. It doesn't talk about morbidity and mortality. I don't want to get too heavy right now. You know, I <laughs> just feel like I'm kind of quoting stats. I don't want to lose the audience and stuff. Um, but, but but we people have to understand that unlike the normal thinking, doctors are only human. They are not God, and some doctors want to think they are. And it is within – they are well – Patients and and advocates and family members are well within their right to question everything. Yeah. I mean, mean, look, you you say doctors aren't gods. I know of a surgeon who operates in Superman um, scrubs. I know of one that has his hands bronzed in his office that say that he has the hands of God. This is a a scary trend. It's a dangerous trend. And... um, there's a lot of arrogance in the field, sadly, because I, I think that, you know, most of us want to feel like, hey, there's someone looking out for me. You know, if I need some help uh, in terms of my health, someone is going to be there. And and I just think we need to reel things in because um, as a patient safety advocate, and, and there's been a lot of, you asked me about how else did I get into it, there's been a lot of incidents in my own life and in the lives of people that I know, Um one thing that I can just talk about off the bat, I, I was talking about it with someone yesterday, is that the first, um, the first, I would say, medical harm or, or offen- um, offensive medical thing that happened to me is when I got my braces off at, at 14 years old and the orthodontist, without asking me, filed my front teeth. And um, 
I mean, I've heard some people say that's actually like a battery. I wasn't, you know, you know how you, and, and, and luckily yes. I like my smile. Yeah, I mean, I like my smile. It didn't physically hurt me. Um, and so I, I was really lucky in those regards. But it was, I, I felt completely violated, and I was. And um, it, it's not really that hard, especially at, at by 14 years old. And if you're not going to ask the parent, ask the uh, patient, you know, do you Absolutely. want to? They can always do it later. Um, so, so, and th- there were, there were, there are more and other things and really, really heinous things. I've been, I've, again, I don't want to lose the audience too much here, but I've been no, a witness. No, people need to know this. Okay, well, I, I've, I've been a witness to criminal cover-ups in the medical field. I, and in studying the things that I study, it's just, um, it's, it's just beyond shocking. It's it's not it's not acceptable. Um, so you know, there's physicians that are protected by corrupted governmental agencies. The medical boards aren't doing their jobs. Um, I'm lucky right now that I'm in touch with some people. It took me years and years and years of being this bulldog that you talk about, calling every time I have a few minutes a day, writing my legislators. Um, you know, some of them have told me point blank, hey, you know, we don't want to do anything because the doctor's lobbies are too strong. And my jaw just dropped. It's like, well, that's why you need to do something. So basically it's, it's this world run by, you know, who's got the most money and how they're protecting themselves. That's not a, now, by the way, I'm, I want to say, I wanted to say at the beginning, I, nothing that I say is to be construed as me, either medical or legal advice, and that's clear. It's, it's <laughs> that's right, your you disclaimer. Know, <laughs> yeah, disclaimer. It's, it's my opinion. It's my experience. It's my, um, you know, my research. Um, but in no way, shape, or form do I take responsibility for what anyone chooses or doesn't choose to do based on listening to me here. Um, you know, I'm sharing information, take it or leave it, check it or not. Um, so anyway, should we keep talking about this or talk about writing well, a bit and come back? The, the, in my experience, as, and like I said, I, I have done this for years and years and years and years. Yeah. And when, even in my 20s, when I questioned a doctor, they looked at me like, how dare you? And my mother taught me that at a very early age because my mother's questioned doctors all of her life. Because if you don't question them, number one, they get complacent. And number two, it's like you say, they get arrogant. And nobody is above, A, making the wrong diagnosis, prescribing the wrong medicine. Or in my husband's case, when I first got down here, he was on 17 different prescriptions from three different doctors, and they were all the same, not that they were the same type of drug, but by a different name. In other words, he was taking three different blood pressure pills. Yeah, that's, yeah. And nobody was talking to anybody. And he must have been, probably, I'm guessing he was exhausted. He was. And, I, and when I saw it, I said, what's this? Oh, this is for my blood pressure. What's this? This is for my blood. I said, wait, you're taking three blood pressure medicines. Why? Well, because the doctors told me to. I said, and you trust everything they say? He said, well, I said, no. So when I got in front of his heart doctor, and he was on four different um, cholesterol pills. So when I got in front of his doctor with his list of meds, I said, pick one, because the rest are going in the trash. Wow. I mean, I know people that are that are doubled and tripled and quadrupled up on those. And I again, I can't make any, I can't make that kind of a, a medical assessment. But, but it's it, when you say you know question them, what happens if you do question them? What may happen is that um, they can say that you're non-compliant. And oh, they and tried to pull you. that one. Oh, they tried to pull that one with me in the emergency room. Oh yeah. And I, I mean, told him, there's a dark side to, to this medicine right now. Because they let my husband sit in the emergency room. Now, my husband, I told you before the show, is, is an insulin-dependent diabetic. He sat in the emergency room for 24 hours. His legs looked like tree trunks. He had had nothing to eat since 8 right? o'clock that morning. That's crazy. And I, yes. And I'm jumping up and down. It's abusive. And, 
It is. And I told him, I said, I'm taking him home. And the, the little nurse on the on the floor said, but Yvonne, they're going to get you for noncompliance. I said, hide and watch. <laughs> so as soon as I got home, I wrote a nasty letter to yeah. the hospital. And I said, I'm not paying this damn bill because we were compliant until right. y'all abused my husband. Yeah, but, com- but compliant, I mean, that, think of what an arrogant word that is. It's what yes. it is right now. Right. It, what it is right now is, is it's, it's a paternalistic system, whether it's a male or female doctor, because who knows their own body and being better than the person presenting? And, and if, right. one, thing, one thing that I advocate for in terms of my advocacy, I have several different avenues, and one is for transparent notes. And what my idea of that is that at every single appointment that you have with the doctor or any kind of uh, what they call care provider, that you can look at your notes and make sure that you agree with them and initial off on them. And if you don't, what, I like to say, Yvonne, it's like, remember that game of telephone? Did you play that when you were a kid? Yes. Okay, and we start out with the word, uh, let's see, pa- um, poppies. And then what's the next word? Um, m- uh, moppies and then mop. And then, you know, I mean, by the end of the line, you've got something completely different. And, you know, even with a well-meaning, uh, you know, compassionate caregiver, you're going to say something and they're going to put it through their own filter. They're, they're going to have other things on their mind and not get get the correct, um, uh, you know, report, whatever you're telling them. So, you know, it, it, my idea at, at least is turn that paper around, say, here, here's what I wrote. Do you agree? Can you help me correct this? Correct it. And if... So, you know, and I, I just feel like some some doctors are gonna are gonna like it, and some will probably say, "Well, no, because I'm the one that knows." Well, I'm not. You know, it's, if you're not gonna listen to the person who's coming in for help, then really, how can you help them? Well, and you know yeah. what else irritates me is when you go into when you go in into let's say the ER. Mm-hmm. And they do the workup, and you tell them what's wrong, and they write it all down, or they put it all in their computer. Well, by the time four or five doctors and nurses traipse in, and you have to get the story over again because they're too damn lazy to read the file, right. you want to smack them. Well, if they're, if they're listening to the story at that point, you're lucky. Here's one thing that I've witnessed, okay? In an ER, someone goes in to report a surgical battery. That's pretty heavy, right? They're saying, right. they're saying this was done to me. I was violated, and it's caused this harm. And every time uh, that was brought up, that those in the ER would redirect the person, and even says, yeah. said so in the notes. Uh, this person kept veering off track. We redirected them. So, oh my it, word! And, and you know what my my take on it is that they didn't want to get involved with the medical malpractice situation. Um, but it's just um, there, there's just, there's a lot of levels to to deal with. Um, anyway, it's uh, well, you know what I tell a, them. There's a lot of procedures. Huh? Go ahead. When 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 they when they would come into my husband's room. It was the first, if it was a doctor I hadn't seen before and they would come into the room, I would say, I know why you practice medicine. And they look at me like, why? And I says, because it's, you can't get it right. It's not an exact science. Right. And and they go, okay, what, how can we help you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, everyone should have someone like you in the room with them, really. And, and, oh. and there's. There's points being made for, uh, well, this is kind of another topic, but there's points being made for recording surgeries and recording uh, consultations. You know, I'm I'm starting with the step first of having transparent notes where they can where you can see them. If if someone writes something wrong in the notes, what happens is it becomes like you had mentioned God. It becomes like the word yep. of God. And yep. then you can't get that corrected. Then there, you're going to be on a roller coaster of being misdiagnosed, mistreated. No one's going to once they put you in a certain box of you've got this, you've got that. You, you, good luck getting out of it. And so, um, I, I know a lot of people um, in Australia who actually have been um, at the hands of medical malpractice, and 
you know, there's a lot of listeners from Australia and different countries, I understand. Um, you know, I focus on the United States because that's where I am. Um, but I do see that it's, I mean, it's really a worldwide problem. And I know people like to point to, well, I, I don't want to get into political stuff, you know, where we talk about single payer and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say that regardless of, of whatever system there is, in every country they're, they're doing certain procedures overall that are bad procedures. And remember the thalidomide uh, in the 50s that women would yes. take and, and then it was discovered that their babies were being born without limbs and yep. things like this. And that was stopped. But at one point, um, you know, there were medical practitioners that argued for that that said that was the right thing to do. There's many things, and I've got certain topics that I work on that are just bad procedures that make what I say they make, they take healthy people and they make them worse or dead. Now, that isn't what I learned that a doctor does. And, and again, I come from the holistic health lifestyle, like first, you know, start with, you know, diet, exercise, um, Exercise meaning activity. What do you love to do? You know, when I when I worked with my clients with movement and as a professional organizer, it, it was like let's find something that you that you love that you're going to want to do that makes you feel better. Because if it's like this, you know, like heavy thing hanging over you, you're not going to want to do that. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you're going to say if you're going to say I, you know, I'm just going to eat like celery for a month. Well, I don't think that's going to work. Um, but it's counterproductive. Learn, what's that? It's counterproductive. Counterpro- it's 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 not a good diet anyway. But no. you know, and people can have their they can have their different things. If one person you know prefers doesn't want to kill animals, they want to be vegetarian. Another person wants to do this. But there's certain things that are really just bad, and even the people like them and they want to eat them, and you know. Uh, I wouldn't be the first one to, to tell the audience that sugar is not good for you. You know, <laughs> it's just not good. And um, it can, when with my massage clients, we we would deal with that. Um, let me say something. Actually, when I was a teenager, um, I, well, I was I was like really into athletics growing up. Um, I, I did gymnastics and bike riding and tree climbing and running and different things. Not that I was, you know, world-class or anything, but I, I was a good athlete and I had fun. And then at, as a teenager, like 16, I got, um, I'd wanted to work at the health food store. I had to get money for college and I had to work for it, which was fine with me, and um, and money for concert tickets, by the way, and for my car. <laughs> um, <laughs> so where I did get a job is at a fast food place, like a lot of teenagers did. And I was vegetarian, and I was into health food. And when I went there, I, I tried to bring my healthy food. And I would bring, by the way, carrot sticks and <laughs> different other things. But I was working like eight hours a day on top of my schooling. So I would just, you know, come home from school, ride my bike there, and then be on my feet all day, um, you know, serving these customers. And it was a little place where it was just me. And, by the way, the, the uh, short order cook guy was my my boyfriend at the time. <laughs> So that, so that was fun, and there basically it was a lot of the time just the two of us there, and we had a blast. But I, like I would get hungry, and I was in this, and I was like, "What can I eat?" And I have to say, so I I gained weight in my late teens, e- eating um, uh, so embarrassing, but I did. I ate like coleslaw and mashed potatoes. <laughs> to me, it was like I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to eat. It was like kind of like, well, what am I going to do? I'm not going to eat chicken. I'm not going to eat, you know, sugar. And I so and I had I ended up not eating white potatoes for the rest of my life. Oh my um, lord! But, well, I, but I, I I I gained some weight then, and then I um, you know, got um as fit as I could be as an adult. Um, but it does change your um, it changes your body a little bit and. I was there again. I'm not talking about politics. I'm just talking about because I really don't like to do that in public, <laughs> and it doesn't have anything to do with what I'm saying. I just, in terms of what Michelle Obama did, I really supported her platform. Um, you know, she was dealing with childhood obesity and 
you know, keeping our kids fit, making sure that everyone had access to good produce and good healthy things. And I really think that that's the basis of of health is being able to, you know, move your body and eat well and do that kind of thing. So I, I, I'm a strong believer in that. Then there are things sometimes people can't do that. And one thing that I see a lot in the medical malpractice communities is people are injured so much that they're actually, you know, the doctors make them immobile. They've harmed yeah. them in some way. And this, this, this is called iatrogenic harm, and I didn't know that word before. It's iatrogenic, I-A-T-R-O-G-E-N-I-C. I just learned that a few years ago. Um, I don't know. Did you probably know that word, right? No, I did not know oh. that word. So okay. I learned well, things. It's a good before one. We get it on, means before it, we it get on that, it means um, you know harm that was caused by a doctor. And you know, so my feeling is that wherever we can prevent this, let's prevent it. Let's talk about it. But. Am I okay that I'm just talking on it? <laughs> yes, you're fine, but let's take a quick break. i got to pay some bills. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, author and patient care advocate, Sasha Lawrence. And boy, are we learning a lot of stuff. We will be right back. Horses See Ghosts, a new poetry book by Gannat Wise. It's been called Poetry for the Rest of Us. Amazon. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman. A True Montana Adventure, available online and in bookstores. Or visit QuinnWildlifeArt.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. A struggling city, its beloved baseball team, an antique camera, and photos from that camera that bear an image from the pit of hell an entity only a select few can see. Journalism professor Buddy Cullen is determined to track this demon down. But who is the hunter and who is the prey? And who will be the next target of mankind's mortal foe? Mortal Foe, available at Amazon.com. The year, 1888. The place? London's East End. Dead and mutilated bodies are popping up all over, from Stamford to Whitechapel. Jack the Ripper is leaving his mark, and the city's on edge. Yvonne Mason is back with a tale of murder and millinery. The Rhodes Hat Factory is booming while the body count rises. Why now? How are these hats connected? Has the Hatter gone mad? Mad Hatter, Yvonne Mason, available now on Amazon.com. And we are back. This is Off the Chat. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, author and patient care advocate, Sasha Lauren. And ladies and gentlemen, this woman is absolutely amazing. I thought I was a bulldog when it came to being an advocate for my husband and keeping him alive when everybody was trying to kill him. I want to be her when I grow up. So, Sasha, <laughs> tell me about this word you you were talking about before we went on break. Oh, iatrogenic is a, is a word that I learned when I started to do the patient safety work. Um, and I, I'll spell it again, iatrogenic, I-A-T-R-O-G-E-N-I-C. And you can look it up, and it means harm that's actually caused by uh, a doctor. Um, or, you know, medical care. Interesting. Interesting. So, and that, it's, it's actually epidemic these days. And, and I know that there, you, you've heard the term um, cognitive dissident, dissonance, yes. right? Yes. And we see a lot of that going on in all aspects. Um, I mean, anywhere you look, you can't really look in any direction and not see cognitive dissonance. And we all have it. Uh, but 
you know, we're trying to break through this cognitive dissonance because people, like I say, they they ultimately just want to trust and believe that that you know, oh no, we learn doctors are good, and and then there's other people that are suspicious of everything, and and I don't mean in a bad way. I mean it's 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 um you know part of a survival instinct to to say, well, who I'm not just gonna you know take your candy and go into your van. Like, who are you? <laughs> you know. Um, so so there's really, when I say that, it's no judgment. It's just that there's a spectrum of, of things going on. And um, the fact is that medical malpractice is epidemic. Um, it's a fact. And, I mean, I can help share a few more things that people may not know that they, you know. Share. Can, Please you share. Know? Yes, share. Okay, Education is powerful. Knowledge is powerful. That's, that's absolutely right. There's... Um, you know, the Internet is an interesting place, You, you, and we've, we've heard a lot of, about, you know, is this news false? Is this news true? What's true? A lot of the things that we see, I, I'm not attacking mainstream media, but I'm asking mainstream media and who, whatever, any media to step up to the plate and rather than report what the doctors tell you because they're doctors, actually do your research or listen to someone like myself and the other advocates who have been in this game for years, who I've written a research paper, I can, you know, lay it out for you. Um, and, you know, they can double-check the facts, but they, it's like they don't want to do all that. And who are they getting the money from? Are they getting the money from the patient advocates or from the doctors to run these ads? And not just ads, they're running full-length programs, um, one thing that I don't know if I'll talk about that right now, but one thing that I do deal with a lot in, in my work is uh, the reconstructive and plastic surgeons, and this is a hot button topic. And um, the reason, one thing about about this topic is that people will say, "Oh, but you know, the, we need the plastic surgeons because X, Y, and Z." But they're they're also doing a lot of procedures that make healthy people worse or dead. They're not. Yeah. Um, and they're not, and, and I'm talking about even medically recommended procedures. A lot of, you know, the people that people that have breast cancer go in, and what is it? What is most often they get reconstruction after cancer. Now I'm not gonna again. This is this is like something that most people don't don't even want to touch because I'm not gonna tell anyone not to get that done. But what I what I can do is tell you about what effects the procedure may have. And you don't have to believe me, but the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, I'll call them out right here, they have this campaign where they say, do your research. But then the research that's provided online is mostly propaganda. There are, lar there are websites, like a main website, if you're, say, recommended for a medically recommended breast reduction, and you punch in questions about this, um, you're gonna Google will lead you to certain websites because they've got the revenue directing them there. Does that make sense? Yes, it does because they okay. pay for that. So, that's right. So you go to the website and it's got these hundreds of board-certified plastic surgeons that will answer your questions. And you think you're doing research. The people that I know. Um, they think they're doing, you know, I'm doing my research. Of course I'm doing my research, you know. I've done my research for months. I've done my research for years. But if you're, if you're reading propaganda, that's not research, you know. And mm -hmm. come, to, come to find out, um, you know, it's, it's something that I wrote in, in, in my research paper. Is that I'm not going to mention it online. I'll call out the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, but I'm not going to mention this website right now, maybe another time. Um, um, but when you look at their reviews online and you start to understand, you know, who are these doctors? Who's running the, who's running the societies and the boards of plastic surgery? It's the plastic surgeons. Um, when I call, and, and, you know, you had, I really like that I'm, I'm honored by the term bulldog. I really am. <laughs> I can't even tell you how, how pleased that makes me. But, you know, so I will do any, okay, what, 
I just want to say that being a writer and an and an I'm an artist and I, I was an actress and what you know I'm very very creative I I feel and um, that's what I'm told and I think that creativity is is a great boon to activism because you know as a creative person you will think out of the box yeah. and you know what I'm saying and you'll and I think scientists also need I mean there's I mean basically it's just creativity is is a helpful life skill I think. That where where you're gonna say, let me not just keep seeing um, this because you know it's presented. I don't know. I'm, I'm losing my metaphor here, but you know, if it's presented as this, I'm gonna question authority, like you were talking about doing. What? It, so I'll pick up the phone. I called the um, these different uh, plastic surgery boards because I, let me tell you what I'm seeing. I'm seeing people have parts of their bodies removed, and the surgeon's line. I'm seeing. Surgeons that are on TV that write the books about this, that are the teachers in the top universities, they are corrupt. They're lying in court. They're perjuring themselves. They're leaving harmed people and their families out to the dogs. And, and they're breaking the Hippocratic oath. Oh, absolutely. Beyond. It's just, it's, I mean, like if, if, if I could, you know, transfer what I know and have seen to people, they they would just be shocked, and basically it's what I'm doing. But then you you go on like there's something, you know, online there's something called Answers.com, and I came across that the other day because I put in a search topic, and it's just like who, this is just like any kind of nonsense. Now you know you, you would say say oh well you know I'm going to be smart enough not to read something from Answers.com, but the fact is that this stuff is all over the place. It's on the mm-hmm. top website. It's not only that, but you know, one thing I like to talk about is the online reputation management of our doctors. Maybe have you heard that term? Yes. Okay. And so, do you know what that? You know that that means that if someone, if you leave a review for a doctor on many of the review sites, um, they can pay someone to get a certain amount of those taken down. They can also yep. get false reviews put up. What I've seen is I've seen the the most harmful doctors who are in the midst of lawsuits suddenly look like gods online. They'll get, you know, one after another, sparkling five-star review, and then people thinking, I'm doing my research. I'm reading about this doctor. And now, this go, it goes beyond the online reputation management. It goes beyond the stupid, you know, um, well, sorry to call it stupid, but the un- undocumentedanswers.com or these websites that look like they have all the experts and actually one thing they're doing is they're able to throw people off there before they put up their full review. Um, there is, so someone can put up a short-term result and then down the road, sorry that my phone is beeping, but I'll just ignore it. I couldn't stop the calls coming through. Anyway, yes, so um, the people that I know who are harmed really, really badly, were highly referred by their physician and and other doctors. So can you imagine, like, say an oncologist says, this is the guy to go to. This is the guy or the or the woman, you know? And you, and you know what I'd say when, in fact, thank God I have my husband's heart doctor because he and I came to an understanding years ago. So when he refers me to a new doctor for my husband, Uh my first question is how many of your family members go to him? Well, even, and that's a good question. I mean, you know, you are well ahead of the game, Yvonne. I respect you. You're, you're, you know, you're smart, you're sharp. um, You're well ahead of the game. And what I like to say is that even those people that are, I think that they're ahead of the game. That they're what I'm saying is you can do everything right, and and, and I'm not do I'm not saying this like to be, uh, you know. Then people will go, well, what's our choice then? And you know what I think that the choice is is first of all we need to know this stuff. Second of yes. all, second of all, um, victims and their families are blamed, and they're horribly blamed. And it's like a rape victim who's gang uh, a rape victim who's gang raped out by the dumpster and people blaming that person and if anyone listening is someone that does that then i you know we don't have anything more to talk about but for most people i think um (laughs) that's not you know what i'm saying that's not how they would be and i would just say if you know anyone that is harmed in any way by uh 
the medical field, I would ask that you um, that you open your heart and realize that could be you, and that could absolutely be you. And there's not a difference. It, it, you know, people want to think, well, that's not going to be me. I've got this buffer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my research. I'm going to do this. I know who to go to. I da da da. Not true. Not true. Because you know, um, the thing, because Sasha, one of the one of the pitfalls is sometimes we think we think we're smarter than we really are, and yeah. we fall into that black hole of I've got this, I understand it, and that's when we get blindsided. We can never yeah. not be on point. We always, if we loved our our family members, we always have to be on guard, right. and anything that doesn't feel right. Leaves. That's that's right. That's right. And, and uh, yes. And, and anyway, just I'm seeing I'm seeing the time, so I just wanted to kind of wrap up this thing. Um, but you're right. We have to always be on guard. And also, as a society, if we would start bringing these things out, just like there was this Me Too movement recently, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and so many. How many people? came forward and then everyone was hashtagging me too me too and i know a lot of people say oh it's all going overboard but 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 you know what i what i'm suggesting is that it's time for this to happen with and i'm not i'm not you know on the outs with with good responsible medical practitioners what i'm saying is that there's so much violation and cover up there's you know that that i think it's just time to say and we're not going to allow gag clauses did you know that um, a lot of the a lot of the surgeons or doctors you might look them up and think oh well they don't have any lawsuit I've checked here with the medical board I've checked at the court well you know bear in mind that most people can't even get a lawyer there's the tort reforms are so high uh, I mean so you uh-huh. know they're so um, they're so restrictive and you know people have been led into thinking well then our doctors wouldn't be able to afford to practice look a lot. I'm going to say a lot of the what's going on, and especially in this one of these fields that I, you know, focus on, which is the reconstructive and plastic surgeries. I mean, so much of that stuff is causing harm to people, and there's there's about I don't know over thirty thousand people in this one Facebook group about um, breast implant illness, but yet I can't even tell you how many people I know, and I I don't judge them for it. I think they were lied to by their medical professionals, but they have implants. Um, now, at the very least, they're going to need those changed every 10 years. But it, it's also shown that these are causing cancer, that, um, you know, there's all kinds of cap- encapsulation problems. There's, you know, it's just, it's like. There's exploding silicone in the body. Yeah, and then the, the ones that aren't silicone, there's, I mean, I'm not an, this isn't something that I'm an expert on, so I can't, you know, talk, I can't talk specifically about this. But so something else I want to say about these um the uh, the, ga- the the gag clauses is that so, say someone is harmed and they can no longer work anymore, and the doctors and lawyers will get together, and the the lawyers, even the one representing um, an injured party and their family, they generally don't want to go to court either. It's like it's expensive, um, it's stacked against um, people that are harmed. And they don't want to do it. They're just like, let's just settle out of court. And by the way, dot dot dot, sign on this dotted line that you, your and don't family, talk about it. right? Anyone you've ever met in your life, anyone you ever will meet, you know, anyone on the planet Mars, anyone on, uh, you know, Jupiter, will never say anything. And so, my point is, there's there's atrocities going on that are completely covered up. You know, we we saw this with, um, you know, there was things with Harvey Weinstein, there was things with, you know, Larry Nassar, there, there were like, there were like a, a network of people that did not speak up, and this is going on with the medical field, and I can't believe that we've talked about this for almost the whole time, so maybe you're going to have to have me back. You might have oh, to I was have already going to ask you that. Well, I, I want to, I would love to talk about writing an art sometime. Well, I want to bring you back because we don't do one and done here. We bring our guests back so they get a following on the show. But see, this to me, this is a very important subject, and we have such a wide audience that it needs to be talked about, and people need to understand they have rights. Their family members have rights, and if you're not... We don't have a lot of rights, and that's one thing I'd like to change. And I have 
I have so much more that I can share with you on this topic, but I also want to talk about the fun, you know. Well, we'll I'll bring you back because our hour is almost up. Tell the folks where you can be found because I know there's going to be a lot of questions after this show. Um, about my writing or my the medical stuff? You may get questions about your medical stuff. Who knows? Well, hmm. Um, I'm an artist on Instagram at, um, at Sasha under, uh, underscore Lauren underscore artist. On Facebook, I have two pages for my writing. One is um, Sasha Lauren Poetry. I think it might say, if you put in Sasha Lauren Poetry, um, and you have my name there, S-A-S-H-A, and then Lauren, like Ralph Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N. And that will come up with my poetry page, and I write nearly every day a poem. Um, and they're, they're pretty fun. Actually, I think they're really fun. And then I have a flash fiction page um, where I have Ooh. Well, yeah, it's it's also, I think it's, um, I don't even, I, ha, I I put the link, I sent the link to you, is it Sasha Lauren Flash Fiction, or I can't remember. I think so, yeah. Um, and, and I don't know, the, um, well. She's also medical, on Facebook, think, ladies and gentlemen. She's also on Facebook. I what? I said you're also on Facebook. Yeah, I, I'm on Facebook. I, I keep my, I usually just keep on my private page just. Keep it to a, a minimum, but um, but I I love to connect with people and the I don't know the, the I mean if anyone has questions about the medical stuff for for sure again nothing that I say is medical or legal advice because I can't do that. Um, there's a there's an article that I I wrote an article called the adipose removal research paper and that can be found at if you punch in the dangers of liposuction at Rogue Health and Fitness, and that's R-O-G-U-E, Health and Fitness. And the liposuction is done with as part of many breast reconstructions um, after cancer. It's done as part of breast reduction. It's done as cosmetic liposuction. It's done as part of stem cell um, harvesting. It's done as part of abdominoplasties, let's say after someone loses weight or has a, you know, has a baby and wants to tighten up the skin. Um, it's done as part of fat transfer for facelift. It's really, um, you know, remo- adipose tissue, is, it's not something people talk about a lot, but it is a, uh, an important endocrine organ. And um, removing it changes body physiology, changes a lot of, it changes the contour in your health long term, not for the good. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to run out of time, but I want to thank Sasha for spending time with us because she's taught me a lot. Sasha, don't hang up when the show goes dark because I want to tell you a few things. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank her for being on the show and sharing her knowledge and wisdom with us because I learned a lot. I know a lot, but I learned a lot. (laughs) Tomorrow night, we will be here again at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time on Off the Chain. We'll have another great guest. And remember what I say at the end of every show, ladies and gentlemen. People will forget what you look like. They'll forget your name, but they will never, ever, ever forget how you've made them feel. And it is my prayer that each one of you, guest and listener alike, understand you're the most important person in the room. All 200,000 of you, you are the most important person in the room. If you want to achieve greatness, ladies and gentlemen, do not ask permission. Just go out and grab it whether it's to be the local garbage collector or whether it's to be a rocket scientist or anything in between. Find your passion and go out and be great at it because there will be people that want to hold you back because they're miserable in their own life. Don't listen to them because you are unique. You are important. You have a purpose, and you are part of the thread of the fabric of our future. Also, encourage your children to go after their greatness, whatever it is. Be an advocate for the people that you love within the medical field. Don't be afraid to question, question, question. Never take anything as gospel. Make them explain it all to you and still question it. Yeah. So with that being said, yes. 
So with that being said, understand that we will be back here again tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time at Off the Chain. And you never know what we're going to talk about because it's always, always an interesting show. We learn things, we laugh, we get serious, we go full circle. And yes, Sasha will come back and we will talk about her poetry. She might even read her poetry. So until tomorrow night at 8 <laughs> Tomorrow night at East, at eight o'clock Eastern Daylight Time. This is your host Yvonne Mason with my guest Sasha Lawrence saying good night. Okay, we are off the air, but what we say we'll go up into the archive part of the show. But what I wanted to tell you is when I get off from here, mm-hmm. uh, and the show goes up into archives, I'm going to put the link on my page and I'm going okay. to tag you in it. You can okay. take this archive show and put it everywhere. Okay. Tomorrow. I will mm-hmm. put it up on all of the podcasts that it goes up on. I will also put that on my page and tag you. So you're going to be heard in over 200 countries, over 200,000 listeners. And this will get out to a lot of people. And if it educates one person, Chasa, if it saves one life or keeps one person from having unnecessary surgery or being misdiagnosed, then you, we have won a major battle. Well, yeah, I, I, I would imagine that it's going to affect a lot of people. And um, this, I get thank yous all the time from people that say they were going to have some of this surgery and they didn't. And I know that that saved their, I mean, their quality of life, if not their life. But, well, I want to, I want to thank you for you for being so gracious and coming on the show. In, in the place of Christine, because I think this is something that people need to be very well educated about. Yeah, how do you think it went? Oh, it went wonderful. Oh, good. I mean, I thought it did, but I, it's hard to, you know, I was just so, I, I, I got so caught up in talking about my topic. Like, I can just talk about this topic for, I call the legislators, and I'm like, we need to do this, and we need to do that, and we need to, <laughs> you know, and I also didn't want to get myself in hot water with, I did call out the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, but they deserve it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you know what? We, we still do have a First Amendment in this country, and that's what yeah. this show is about, is being able to – that's why we call it off the chain, because uh-huh. everyone is allowed to state their opinion whether I agree or not. We agree to disagree if I don't agree. Everybody is amiable, and this is an important – this is an important topic that has been – hid under the bush too long. Yeah, it, it has been. And I wasn't sure that I was going to talk about the plastic sur- surgeon stuff, but I decided that that's a lot of what I do. And I, I really, you know, I had this opportunity. It would not have made sense not to, I think. Absolutely. Grab it and it's run with it like you stole it. <laughs> What's up? I said grab it and grab that opportunity and run with it like you stole it because yeah. people have too much unnecessary plastic surgery. Well, also, I mean, stuff that they're recommended to. Breast reduction. You get a if you if you if someone gets a breast reduction, the doctors don't tell them this is going to actually make your health worse in the long term. And where we take the tissues from, all the remaining tissues are going to get larger. And mm-hmm. you know, um, everyone I know that had that done would not have had it done. Well, my dear, it's bad. I mean, it's not magic, right? It's an endocrine organ. You take, and plus the the estrogen is in the breast and the woman's hips. And so, if you're taking that out, you're actually changing the hormonal makeup of the body. And if a doctor is too stupid to admit it, they shouldn't be a doctor. And if they're not getting taught it in school, then they need to change what they're teaching. I have met the worst plastic surgeons. They are, and they're the top people. The ones that talk about, you know, I'm going to fix your botches on TV, they're, yep. they're not good people. No, they're, they're in it for the money. Sad, sad but true. Yeah, I, one of them was is called a, a whore for the insurance companies by some of the uh, people that I work the doctors and lawyers that I work with. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, well, with I mean, that, <laughs> with well, that, I, know. I, I am I am going to go and see about my my dear sweet husband. Thank you again, my dear, for spending an hour with me. I appreciate it so, so much. And I will bring you back after the first of the year, if that's okay with you. Yeah, no, I would would love to. And, and, 
you know, I have a book and, and screenplays and different things that, that I just want to talk about, not to sell them, just because I like talking about fun stuff. Hey, we're going to sell them, honey. What are you talking about? This is part of it, too. We're going to sell you and your prize. I don't have a book publisher yet. But um, Well, who knows what can happen? Yeah, who knows what can happen. Anyway, thank you so much for the opportunity. You know what? Christina would be so pleased. Yes, she would. Yeah, and she really would. For, so. Thank you for not being afraid to come on the show. I, I appreciate you so, so, so she much. Would lo- she would love, she, she was a big advocate of my advocacy. And so the fact that this reached, oh, she was not pleased with medical malpractice and had experienced it with any of her loved ones. Everyone has, really. Yeah. So anyway, thank and, you so much. You are welcome, my darling, and I will get this up to you as quick as I can. Okay, no rush, but I I appreciate the opportunity. Bye. All right, baby. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.